just trying to get organized. I got uh, Dave has been very problematic lately. So he's sitting here on me. He's quiet now, but I'm expecting this to be a problem sooner or later. British fashion label, super dry. And then because I've been doing K-pop bands with my daughter, uh, I keep going, super dry, super dry, got you in my mind, in my mind, many, 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 super dry, super dry, because I'm super dry, super dry, which is not, the song is super shy. It's about a girl who loves a boy. It's a pretty standard K-pop thing. Uh, I am just getting over my sickness. I am no longer down with the sickness, or maybe I am down with the sickness. I'm not down with the sickness. I just got to settle my mind. That's what's happening at the beginning of the show. I should do this before the show starts, but I don't because I start the show, and then I'm like, okay, now let's get into the mode, and the mode should already be there. British fashion label Super Dry is suing Manchester City Soccer Club because of a logo for a sponsor. Now, they have their logo, Super Dry, um, and Manchester City Soccer Club is sponsored by a Japanese beer called Asahi Super Dry. They are arguing that the average consumer could confuse the brands, and this is copyright infringement. Uh, the irony being, Super Dry, the clothing label, came second. So Japanese beer brand Asahi Super Dry has been around for a very, very long time. Uh, Super Dry, the clothing brand, not as much. Correction, Asahi Super Dry was founded in 1987, while Super Dry Clothes was founded in 1985. Super Dry, the clothing brand, because they use a lot of Japanese style graphics, which I'm pretty sure they're stealing those. They're using bad Japanese on their shirts, and their defense for that is that, well, Japan uses bad English on their shirts. So... It's clear that Super Dry, the clothing brand, has lifted, borrowed, been inspired a lot by Japanese brands. And if that is the case, that means they're in a Japanese culture. If you're into Japanese culture, Japanese beer, Asahi Super Dry, is probably the most famous beer. So I think this might be a court case that is actually in bad faith. I think when Manchester City got the sponsor, Asahi Super Dry, Super Dry, the clothing brand, went like, hey, if we sue them, that'll get our name in the news and people will look at our clothes and it'll basically be free advertising. It won't go anywhere. I don't think this will go anywhere because I don't think they have a case. Is this a case of just getting in the news? And here's a second interesting question. If you sue someone and it's relatively baseless and the judgment comes down that it's baseless and then basically they don't have to pay you anything, should there be something, basically I'm saying, should there be some sort of punishment for a frivolous lawsuit? I don't know this is frivolous, but I get the odd feeling it is frivolous because if I stole my entire identity from another culture and then that other culture sponsored something, the thing is the logos don't even look similar. Asahi's super dry. The logos are not the same style of writing. The shirts just say Asahi and then in quotes, they say dry. So there is no, it doesn't actually say super dry in the shirts. Now I tried to look up this year's shirts. And then when I looked up this news story, it had shirts in it and none of them actually said super dry. So 
the logo complaint, the copyright infringement they're talking about, doesn't seem to exist because if the shirts by Manchester City don't say super dry, then how can that be confused by the average consumer for the super dry clothing brand? It can't. Uh, which is, again, another reason why I think this might be just a frivolous lawsuit to get Super Dry, which is a much smaller brand than Asahi Super Dry, into the news. And I like them less. I mean, I didn't really care about them before, but now I like them less. So, fuck you, Super Dry. I bet that really hurt their image. Uh, tiny podcast <laughs> shouting fuck you into the ether. Go from super dry to super dominator. That is not actually a good transition, but uh, super dominator is not the hero created by a 13-year-old who's got extra time in a class. Super dominator is a citizen's arrest YouTuber in Japan. I have noticed that a lot of citizen's arrest YouTubers, YouTubers in Japan, they use goofy superhero-sounding names. But Super Dominator clearly was going for an image of being a big, tough dude. Uh, he clearly does some jujitsu or something. Because what he does, his whole shtick on his YouTube channel is he hunts down people who are taking upskirt photos or voyeurs or something like that. And then he grabs them. And the video I saw, he wrestled the guy to the ground. And he's trying to make sure the guy can't delete his whatever video he took on his phone. And he wrestles the guy to the ground, he holds him there, and then the police show up and he turns him over to the police. And then they follow the guy getting taken to the police, and then they take great joy in the fact that they've made the world a better place. Well, it turns out the super dominator isn't as quite the hero as he made himself out to be, if you can believe it, which I absolutely can believe it. I think all these, like... Citizens Rest YouTubers, which was honestly not a genre of entertainment I had known about before doing these stories. I think it was a couple months ago we had the other Citizens Arrest YouTuber who kept arresting people who were innocent, which sort of puts a bit of a damper on your career. All of these guys are turned out to not be the noble heroes they're making themselves out to be. They're all lying and cheating. This guy, Super Dominator, was no better than any of the rest of them. So what he did is he told his girlfriend that he had adult onset stills disease, which is a very rare inflammatory disease. And he said he needed 30 million yen to pay for the treatment. Now, I don't know how much he was making off his YouTube channel, but it was a pretty big channel when it was going. Uh, his girlfriend gives him 2.5 million yen. So that's like a half year's salary for the average Japanese person. She gives him 2.5 million yen. Then after a while, she starts to get suspicious because he has no symptoms. If you have a rare inflammatory disease, you have issues. I get inflammation all the time. I have to go get steroids for it. I, it, it hurts. You can tell when I'm not in good shape. His girlfriend gets suspicious. She calls the police. The police arrest him for fraud. And when he's being questioned by the police, he says, I spent the money on entertainment. So it turns out that Super Dominator's just a super piece of shit. Johnny Somali, last week I promised, the, because we were doing an episode the day before his trial ended, and the trial ended, and we now have the results. Now, we haven't heard anything from Johnny Somali himself. I haven't really looked out because I don't care about the guy very much. Um, he's a nuisance 
streamer. Uh, we go over his, his crimes against humanity. He's an asshole. We've just got a whole bucket of assholes today. That seems to be what we're dealing with. Uh, that would be the episode title, but that would actually not fly well on some of the channels where I post the, the, the podcast. So, Johnny Somali, the, the judgment was handed down. So this was for one of the times he did his stream. He went into a restaurant and then his chat would do alerts or sounds or things like that. Uh, and they would set off his phone and say awful things. That was primarily it. It might be text-to-speech or whatever. So um, he claimed that because he wasn't setting it off himself, that he was not responsible for it, that was his defense. Pretty weak defense because this was all going through his phone that he owned. He had set up the stream and whatever. So he clearly had full control over the stream. Uh, and primarily the most important thing to me is he had control over the volume of his phone. So even if he wanted to keep his stream going, which is still probably illegal in Japan, he could have turned it down so he wasn't harassing or bothering the other patrons. That's the, that's the main issue that was at hand. The judge is like, nah, you clearly could have turned your phone off, you little prick. Uh, so the judgment is to <laughs> hit my keyboard when I flicked my notes. Uh, the judgment is 200,000 yen. So that's not very much money. It's like $1,000. When he left, he claimed he would not make videos in the future. So I've seen a lot of people go off on this, like two, a thousand bucks is nothing. He probably made more than a thousand bucks on that stream. Uh, the case against him for trespassing was dropped. They should have taken all the filmed evidence and thrown them together. They didn't have to. Now, this is the bit. Japanese courts are weirdly not punitive. So when people sue each other and stuff, you get the money, but you don't get like millions of dollars. So in America, when you win a lawsuit, you get millions and millions of dollars. In Japan, when you win a lawsuit, you get probably the money you would have lost and nothing extra. So like the emotional pain you feel does not get compensated in Japan. I sometimes agree with it. Sometimes I don't. It depends on the case. That's always the problem because it is case by case. But Japan errs on the side of courts should not be used to be punitive in a weird way. So what's going to happen now is actually the issue. So a lot of people are like, well, they should have taken all his cases and thrown him in prison and stuff. Well, Japan doesn't want to pay for this guy to be in prison because it costs money. So we, why would we take the responsibility on is the way the Japanese government is thinking about it. He needs to be convicted of one crime. That's it. And it, the smallest crime they can convict him on is enough for the domino effect of results. So the domino effect of results are that he has committed a crime in Japan, which means he will now be deported. Now, his visa had already expired, but because he was being held by the police, they're not going to punish him for overstaying his visa, which was one of the things that was kind of... So since he's committed a crime in Japan, they're going to essentially deport him, probably have to pay for it himself. They might, But if not, they'll just set him on an airplane and don't worry about it. And then he will be tagged as unable to re-enter Japan. So you know when you fly into another country. If you've ever done that before, uh, there's a little immigration thing. And on the immigration thing, there's a little box and you have to tick that box if you've ever been convicted of a crime. Johnny Somali now has to check that box, which means he will hit immigration. Let's say he somehow gets on an airplane that goes to Japan and no one realizes who he is. And he gets to Japan and he clicks that box. That means in immigration, they're going to be like, hey, You've committed a crime. Give us the details. The details were I was convicted for public harassment. He was actually convicted of 
Last week I was saying we didn't have enough of these. Obstruction of business. Oh, obstruction of business is back, baby. Uh, he was convicted of obstruction of business for being a public nuisance. That means he's going to be denied entry. He probably, being Johnny Somali, would be like, ha ha, I'll be really smart and I won't tick that box. That is a crime in itself. And there's no, there's no way around it. Like as soon as they find him, they'll be like, hey, you immigrated, you filled out this form incorrectly. That is a much, much more serious crime. Like he, that's like a no-fly list, you're going to get your passport taken away kind of crime, which means he wouldn't be able to go to any other country. This is a guy whose deal is going to another country and harassing the locals. And he picks Japan because he thought Japan was safe. And Japan is safe because this punishment is quite minor, but the Japanese government and the Japanese judicial system is just like, well, we're going to take that away from you. And as far as they're concerned, they're like, now you can't do that. That's enough. Go to another country, try again. But other countries are going to be way more punitive. So in a way... If he's smart, he will have learned his lesson. But the first part of that sentence was, if he's smart. And the one thing the man has clearly demonstrated is he's not very smart. He has not learned his lesson. He's not going to learn a lesson. He's going to try to find another way to come back to Japan. That now, should he enter, re-enter Japan, probably will end up being a crime in itself. If he goes to another country, he's going to fuck around and find out. I'm pretty sure... Other countries are going to be far, far worse for his well-being than Japan was. So I think, for the moment, the saga of Johnny Somali has ended in Japan. It might pick up somewhere else. If I do hear about him somewhere else, uh, I will mention him. But it's not Japanese-relevant news anymore, so it doesn't really belong in Indian News Japan. But at the same time, he made his name in Japan. So he's Japan-famous. The real question, though, is, is this just where his career ends? Which I actually would put money on, yes, it is. But then again, he's so dumb. He's in that category of people too dumb to give up when they're ahead. I, so, I don't make friends easily. I just put, put myself out there. Let's open my heart. Let's take the, the little case, the little box off my heart and just expose it to the world for a moment. I don't. I don't make friends quickly or easily. I can be quite off-putting. I can be sarcastic. I have, a, I have a wall up, you know. And I think a lot of us do. I think a lot of us, we don't get close and we don't share the, the true selves, our true selves, our intimate selves with each other. And that's why it's really hard to make friends. So we don't know how to make friends. Maybe that's the issue is, again, I need to be a, a manly man. I grew up in a very toxic masculinity background. So then I, I was like, okay, well, how do you make friends? And I went on WikiHow. It wasn't very helpful. So what I've learned from a story this week is what you do. You put on your best black stockings. And you go to the convenience store at about 4.30 in the morning. And then you walk around for a bit and you check out the, uh, the clerk. And you go, oh, the clerk, he seems like a guy. He seems like he and I could be friends. That seems like a pretty good deal. Let's do that. And then you turn yourself so that your butt is aiming generally in the direction of the clerk. And you bend over. You bend over and then you start wiggling your hips. And after you wiggle your hips, it becomes sort of revealed that there is a slit up the middle of your stockings. And everyone, being the single clerk in the convenience store at 4.30 in the morning, 
can see your butt. And then the clerk calls the police and you get arrested. Uh, it turns out when this man was arrested, he said to the police, this is exactly what happened. A guy put on stockings, goes to the convenience store at 4.30 in the morning, uh, walks around the store for a bit. Uh, the clerk is stuck at the front, you know, where the register is, at the counter. He stands in front of the counter, bends over and starts wiggling his butt. And then a slit, I assume was pre-cut. Or it was that tight and his butt was just that powerful. Uh, the slit started to reveal his butt. He guy's like, ew, calls the police. Guy gets arrested. And he says to the police, I thought we could become friends by showing my butt. So I gave it a shot. And maybe, see, I think that last line is actually that last part, the second part. That's the part we don't do. Give it a shot. But also, maybe your instincts are all wrong and you're a bad person and you should not be showing your butt to anybody. I suppose our previous guy could have been our gross guy. He was 48. So he doesn't fit my rule of like 50 plus year old men being gross and disgusting. But what we do have is a very interesting final story of a 62 year old man in Nagoya. He was arrested for obstruction of business. Obstruction of business goes away, but when it comes back, it comes back strong. You get two or three. Today is basically just all crimes. It's just all crimes. There's no like other stories. And so he decided it would be appropriate. One of the things that you hear about Japanese people, Japanese people are polite and they follow the rules. And that's, that's a good thing. Following the rules is good. So this guy, is, he calls the police and he, sa he says to the police, you know what? Would it be okay if I killed my wife? And then they don't give the rest of the conversation. I want to know if the police tried to talk him down or what happened, but the police clearly figured out where he lived. Probably they just backtraced his phone call. The police knew where he was. So the police show up at his house and they're like, hey, remember on that phone call when you said you're going to kill your wife? We're here to make sure you don't do that. So the guy's like, what's the most reasonable response I could have to the police showing up at my house telling me not to kill my wife when I just called them and asked if it was acceptable if I could kill my wife. And that would be, of course, to brandish a knife at them. So he was arrested. Turns out, you'll never guess, he had been drinking. 62-year-old man was drunk. I don't know, probably just got frustrated with his wife and sarcastically called the police and asked if he could kill her or something. But then when they showed up, he was like actually angry. And when he got arrested, he said, I got irritated, so I brandished a knife at the police. So what we're seeing is a lot of bad decisions. We got Johnny Somali all pushing his limits until he gets arrested and deported. We got black stocking man who doesn't know how to make friends. We have this guy who clearly does not make good decisions when he drinks. And with that, I say to you, good day. Is that how I should end the podcast? I was actually thinking, usually I just end off with like a, I don't have a sarcastic thing. I, I'm not going to say don't drink. I'm a bit stuck on an ending there. Anyways, the police are not... <laughs> Don't tell on yourself. The police, you call the police and say, I want to kill my wife. I, I, don't, I was hoping I had a quip or something. I don't have anything. It's just dumb. I think this is what we've hit a level of dumb where I can't even make fun of it. It's punching down so far, I can't reach that low. If you call the police and ask them if it's acceptable to kill your wife, they're not going to say yes and they're going to show up and arrest you. So don't do that.
If you want to make friends, don't cut a slit in your pants and show your butt. That's not how you make friends. Uh, if you want to do live streaming, don't harass people so much that you get arrested and deported and now can't come back to the country. I kind of shied away from giving criminal advice for a while, but I think I, that was it. I just gave a little summary of criminal advice. It's kind of come back on its own. The other thing, though, um, talking about re-entry to Japan, Paris Hilton because she was convicted and went to jail, she came to Japan on her private jet and obviously did not know the rules. Rich people don't check things. And she was like, yeah, I'm here to promote my new perfume. This is back when she was famous. And the Japanese customs immigration officers were like, no, get on your plane and go back because you've committed crimes and we don't want you here. And then another thing I found out was Robert Downey Jr. because he has like drug charges and stuff in the past. They won't let him in the country. So he, when he was promoting Iron Man, basically had to have a babysitter the whole time. So he came to immigration and immigration was really shitty to him. He tells stories about it, which is pretty interesting to read about because he's like looking down on them. But I'm like, in a weird way, you're the criminal here. You're the one who's committed crimes and trying to come to this country. But uh, Marvel at the time wants to promote this movie. They got a lot of money. So they're basically paying the Japanese government. So he got like, I think it was incredibly limited. It was like one or two days. He had to leave the country by that time or he would just be immediately arrested and deported. He had to have like a babysitter with him the whole time. So Japanese immigration does not fuck around. And if you want to go further, like Ninja News Japan, because I want to make sarcastic and shitty comments about the stories I talk about, I don't do stories where people die because... It's awful, and I don't want to make shitty comments and make jokes about people dying. But it, the dark side of Japanese immigration is people die in immigration. Like, there's been a couple cases recently where people have been sick and they've they've died because they weren't taken care of. There's people who have starved to death, uh, and they, yeah, you do not want to fuck. <laughs> Did that just pop up? I've been streaming for like 26 minutes, and I'm in my final. And now it's like Chung Beef Chest is now streaming. Oh well, who cares? Um, yeah, I'm gonna go stop and download that and make notes for C McB and then try to edit that and then I'm gonna play a little Nightmares too some more. Guys, love those little guys. Little guys just going to the right all the time. Booga, 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 booga. Oh, that's the right. Camera's reversed. Going to the right all the time. Booga, 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 booga.